We'll do a review of Lakuta Sicha Schelik Yudala, the third Sicha for the Parshas of Nitzavim. Uh, the Rebbe asks a general question over here on Perik Lamet Posik Aleph and Beis, in which the Posik seems to say that when both the blessings and the curses will come upon the person, and this will cause the person to turn to Hashem. Um, the Rebbe's question is, okay, if the troubles and the punishment, the curses come upon a person, that brings him to uh, Teshuvah, uh, understood. But how does blessing going to uh, convince the person to do Teshuvah? Uh, it almost seems like a person who has blessings uh, may not think that he needs Hashem. And the Rebbe also, uh, by extension, brings this a question, how come Rashi doesn't explain this? So it also becomes sort of a question on Rashi. It's not directly a Rashi Sicha, but it's also the question is on Rashi. And the answer the Rebbe says has to be so simple. And the Rebbe says that in the end, every Yid gets blessings. And when the uh, punishment, the clawless follows the blessing, then the clawless are that much more painful, so it brings to a real level of teshuva. So basically, the blessings that everybody receives, as the Rebbe will explain uh, very beautifully, the pasik of that the blessings everybody gets, even before they do the mitzvahs. And then, unfortunately, if they don't follow through uh, in the proper behavior, and then they get the klolos. So those klolos are so strong because they come after brachas, and therefore it brings the person to a deeper level of teshuva. So the brachas are also part of the process. Um, it's a fairly uh, relatively uh, short sicha. Let's go inside. Sif Aleph. This is quoting from the Posik in our parsha. Of Nitzav in Pedic Lamet, Posik, Aleph, and Beis, the Rebbe quotes here that when upon you will come all these matters, which is Habrocha Vaklolo, the blessing and the curse, so then and then you will put it to your heart, amongst all the nations, which Hashem has pushed you away there in your exile, so you'll come to your senses, you'll put it to your heart. What's going to happen? The Posik Beis says, and you will return. You'll do teshuva, you'll return to Hashem, your God, and you'll turn, not just teshuva, the Pasuk says there, but the Pasuk again, that it'll do it with all your heart, with all your soul. That's the level of teshuva that you're going to do. So the Rebbe says, so when you look at the flow of the parsha, it's understood that the intent with these verses is that in the end of, of this matter each person of the Jewish people will return with a complete teshuva to Hashem this means that even one who has transgressed, violated, and passed over, not didn't do the ways of Hashem. Through this, that upon him will come, 
that all these matters, including which is the curse, so then that will wake him up. It will arouse him to put to his heart till he will eventually he'll reach he will return to Hashem your God, etc. That's the flow of the Psukim. But according to this, we need to understand Mashakosuf. What does the Pasik say? Quote, come upon you, then it says Habracha. So also when the Bracha will come upon you, it seems almost that the Bracha is gonna bring you to do Teshuva. That's a little bit surprising. We can understand if items which are not good, the opposite of good. We understand this causes to breaking of the heart. Person feels bad. We'll move on, and then it's understood that that would be a reason to be arousal with repentance. But how would one be aroused to do teshuva by the blessing coming upon him? And the Rebbe said, this is a general question, but this is specifically, how come Rashi doesn't address it? This is a difficulty, which is difficult even in studying in the simple uh, level of the Posik, in the Pshat of the Posik. So then there is an additional surprise here. Why is there no hint for this problem, this question? The Yeshuvah and an answer by Peter Shrashi in Rashi's commentary. Rashi's commentary is task. What does Rashi set himself out to do? Is liyashev to settle, levirah to explain, kol dover hakoshe, anything, any item which is difficult, badoirish biur, which requires explanation, mikra, in the simple sense of the Pasuk. Rashi doesn't ask and doesn't answer anything of this problem. So, so we then were forced to say there's a gufa. Because of Rashi not addressing it, there's a chokha, this evidence, there's a proof. That in the simple meaning of the Pasik, there is no space for such a question in the first place. In other words, in Pshat, this is not really a problem to begin with. So, now the Rebbe is going to say that there could be there's a possible interpretation of the Ramban that these psukim are just like forecasting, foretelling what's going to take place. That in the beginning there will be bracha when the Eden will settle in Eretz Yisrael, there'll be everything good, and then later on the klala will come later on. So the pasuk is sort of a prophecy trying to tell you uh, what's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be bracha and kolol. But the Rebbe says that's not the uh, simple meaning of these psukim. And that's talking in the parashas Vayelech. And also, over there in Vayelech, there is no mention of the bracha. Let's look inside. The Rebbe says we cannot really explain that these verses here are words of the future as the similar to what the Ramban explains. This is sort of a prophecy. From the happenings that are destined to come on the Jewish people. And because we're describing here the prophecy, what's going to take place. Here it says the, also the blessings. 
And also the Rebbe says, V'davki lifnei teivas haklola, and specifically before the klola, because we're talking about prophecy, kikeniya, because that's the way it's going to take place, v'hoyo, that's the way it was, b'seder hamu'urois, shal b'nei Yisrael v'voyim le'eretz Yisrael, in the order of the happenings of the b'nei Yisrael when they came to Eretz Yisrael. So the Pesach was saying that the first days will be the days of blessing. They will be good for the Bnei Yisrael. And then after the time, when they will sin, then the opposite of the good will come to them. So according to this commentary, this interpretation, the Torah mentions, because that is the order, the future. This is a prophecy what took place. But the Rebbe says, no, for two reasons we can't say this. Aleph, number one, the story about the future, what's going to take place, that comes later on in the portion of Vayelech. And the Rebbe says in Perek Lamad Aleph from Posik Tazayin and on. So that's, that's not over here. Number two... The psukim later on, which specifically which does relate the happenings that are destined to come to them after they come to Israel. Over there, in Vayelech, over there, it doesn't say, it's not mentioned over there, any of the blessing and the good. So, here, we're not talking about the future. Over there, we're not talking about the bracha. Why is the bracha coming over here? Generally, besides this question that that's in Parshish Vayelech, and over there it doesn't mention anything about the, the bad, the good, only the bad, the Rebbe says, it doesn't really fit to say the future uh, about uh, receiving the future, uh, the good in the future, um, to say it in a prophecy because we don't know if they're going to get the blessings because that's up to the people. They have the freedom of choice. So that would not be uh, here saying the bracha because they're going to get first bracha because that's the unknown technically because uh, they have the bechidah. Generally, logic dictates that the receiving of the good in the future is not something which comes and it has been said earlier in a prophetic way. The reason is because this is something that hinges on the choice of the person. As explained in the end of the parsha. In Perik Lamet, Posik Tezvav, it says, Nosati lefanecho, hayoyim esachayim goymer. Hashem says, you have life and death, and you should choose life. So, it means that that's something which is a choice. It's not something that we can tell you in the future. V'chein mevur b'reish parashas re'ei. Likewise, it's also uh, articulated in the beginning of the portion of re'ei. Sh'atamad lam dekvar, the student has already learned about it. It says, "As habrocha that the blessing you get, Asher tishmu, that if you listen, vaklola im loisishmu vagoimer, and the curse if you don't listen." O be parshes vayelach Omar Moshe Acharkach. 
So later on, Parshva Yelech Moshe says, I know already your rebellious state. How does Moshe Rabbeinu Taken know if we're saying that this is something choice? How come he's saying the people will get up and they will turn away? But that's based upon this on the fact that Moshe says, I know you already, I know your disposition basically, that you uh, and I can see that you will rebel. But so according to this, our case, the Pasuk is not really coming to tell us the future, because we would not say the Brocha, because that was the future. That the intent of the verses here is not to relate futures. But rather, they're coming to testify, they're coming to let us know. That if that if the Bnei Yisrael will choose, in their own choice, they will choose not to follow Hashem in the ways of Hashem. And because of this upon them will come these matters which are no good. All these things that are no good. He now this itself will wake them up to return in a complete chuba. So that is the meaning of the Advarimaila means the bat that's gonna take place to them. But in that case, the question that we asked earlier comes back to its space, to its place. So what is the idea over here of the blessing to the waking up to the arousal of Tshuva canal, as the Rebbe asked, as we said earlier, what is the connection between the Brocha to bring them about of Yisraelis Tshuva? The Rebbe is going to explain that the level of the punishment will be um, so much, especially if it comes after the Brocha. And the Rebbe is going to prove that this is something which is a logical conclusion for Ben Chomish Lemikra, that he knows that if somebody had something first, something very good, so then the suffering when things bad happen to them is greater when they lose what they had, the good. And therefore, the uh, kalola that they get is a much more profound and powerful punishment because it followed the bracha. And that's what the Pasuk is trying to say, that getting that klola after the bracha is going to cause them to give get to that strong level of tshuva, base. The explanation is, In this parsha he explains, as mentioned earlier, the feeling of pain from the curse, that is going to wake up the sinner, to return with tshuva. As the Pasuk concludes, not just a regular tshuva, but to such an elevated level of tshuva, as the Pasuk says, with all your heart and all your soul. 
Simple logic dictates Just as the repentance is in a very elevated level, to the extent that it penetrates within the inner of the person's heart and soul. So likewise, since there is such a great accomplishment, that there is such a great level of teshuva, it must mean, also it has to be that the cause that brought the person to this teshuva needs to be a very powerful sense of pain, hergesh hatsar shel haklolo, the feeling of the pain of the curse, the hainu, that means shegam hargosha hatsar, also the sensing of the pain, who ba'oifen amachi b'yoyser, is in a way that is very painful, mikvi harogel, more than the usual, al yidei haklolo through any kind of verse, this is a special kind of curse which follows a posuk. So the Posse explains, When all these things will come upon you, the blessing and the curse. What's understood in this is that all the words, the details of the curse, after to her came all the details of the blessing, then they will get the klola. The nature of people is if a good, an item which is not good that comes upon them. After something good has preceded it, then it's felt and it stands out the lacking of the not good. A lot more, hein bekamas whether in quantity and hein beeches whether in quality. Meilu loy kodmei hatoiv had the from if the good had not preceded it. So when the person had experienced the toiv and then comes the klola, then you can feel how much you're lacking in a much greater measure. Ukiyudua as it's known, shaoshir shenishapech olav hagalgal. When you have a wealthy person who's uh, fortune, the wheel of fortune has turned on him, and he turned in Venasa on, he become poor. His pain is greater many times from one who is poor forever. A person who is always poor is not as in pain as a wealthy person who lost and the good fortune turned on him and he became poor. Besides, in addition to the fact that this is actually simple gam leben chomish lemikra, also for a so for a five year old which is learning chomish, he nemuven hugam bepirush Rashi shall lifnei parshazu. This is also understood from a Rashi, a very specific Rashi that precedes this parsha. Over there, the pasuk says that a poor person. Uh, who has been used to uh, running, uh, uh, having a, a servant run, riding a horse, and a serving running for him? You have to provide it for him. Why? Question is why? 
Why is it so simple that you have to provide it in him, for him? But because the Torah says everything that he's lacking, if he had it, then that lacking is there. Let's see inside the parshas Rei, Allah Posik, in the portion of Rei on the verse, it says, You have to give him sufficient of the lacking, whatever is lacking to him, you have to fill that lacking. Peter Shirashi, and Ashi explains, what does it mean, you have to give him what he's lacking, that means only what is lacking, but you are not commanded to make him rich, so you just have to fill what he's lacking. And Rashi says further, what does it mean that he's lacking? If he's lacking a horse to ride on it, and a servant that runs in front of him, that's called lacking, because he had it. But one can see, as it would seem, since we are not instructed to make him wealthy, so why should he be obligated to give him gam even to give him the horse to ride on it and the and a servant to run before him? That's usually in the definition of a wealthy person. especially uh, the if you look in this precise wording, it says Lirkov Olov to ride on it and Lotus Lefonov to run in front of him, which seems to imply that he doesn't need it for work. Even though that it's not for the work of his field, which would be Parnasosi, his livelihood, it just says you need it, he wants to ride on it, like a wealthy man, or run before him, not for something that he needs. So, why does Rashi say that you have to give it to him? So while it's correct that this is the Gemara, okay, we understand that this is the uh, expounding of our sages of blessed memory in the Gemara, that you have to give it to him. But where does Rashi know to explain this, what we learn out, Rashi brings it in the simple meaning of the Pasik, that this is what you have to give him. Hello, but the answer is because the Pasik says how much he's lacking, that is lacking to him. So from this we understood. If it's an item which he is lacking to him, in his level, what he was used to, that's not considered for him an aspect of wealth, it becomes a, a, a matter of necessity. Even though when you measure it next to someone who has not been accustomed to this, that would be considered wealth. That's why Rashi learns in the Pshat also that this makes sense, that we are obligated to give him also a horse to ride on. So he calls them Uvam, so from all this is understood, that also in the simple meaning of the Pasek, we also understand the reason, why does the Pasek tell her about the Bracha? Because with the word Bracha, and through the word Bracha, through the blessing, that's the matter is explained, 
how the feeling of the curse may be. How does it bring the person to a complete shuvah? Till the level that it's with all of his heart and all of his soul. When the curse is felt in its whole of its being, by having first proceeded with the bracha, then it has the power to also arouse a tshuva in all of its greatness and its force. It's because the bracha preceded the klala. The Rebbe in Ois Gimel is going to explain, so it looks like that the only way a person can reach the real level of teshuva is because he had bracha before the klala. But what happens, what happens if a person who only had the klola, then he can't really have the full level of teshuva? And the Rebbe gives a very beautiful explanation now that there is no such a thing as not having a bracha. The bracha everybody has. And the Rebbe learns it uh, very beautifully from the posik of Re'eya Neich and Rashi's commentary. Let's look inside. But according to this, we need to understand the intent of the verse is to explain that Hashem will cause all the causes, He will circumstance, He will make all the circumstances add to the extent each one and one of the Jewish people will, make, will do Teshuvah. But it would seem now that we're emphasizing this emphasis that that the wholesomeness, the great teshuva hinges on the condition that the bracha needs to be before the klola. So that seems to reject shaylelas, that rejects as I have shorius, the possibility shall tshuva shleimo have a wholesome tshuva b'misha person who has Cursed, but he didn't have the bracha first, and now we're saying that person would reject the possibility of a complete teshuva by someone who the curse came that it comes to him without first having the bracha. The opposite, the intent of the pasuk is that everybody will do teshuva. Not only those who had bracha before the klolo. And the Rebbe explains, Vabir Bazer, Bitchilas Parshis Rei Kosuv, in the beginning of the Parshis it's written, Rei Anoichi Noisin Lifneichem Ayoim Brocho Klolo. See, I give before you the blessing and the klolo. Then the Posik says, Es Habrocha Asher Tishmu El Mitzvah Hashem Begoimer. The bracha is that you will listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem. Umefarish Rashi, Rashi says, what does it mean, Asher Tishmu, that you will listen? Almenas Asher Tishmu. On the condition, I'm giving you the bracha, on the condition that you will listen. Shebepashtus kavanosoy letaret. So simply, what is Rashi intending to answer? Mashomarakos, the posuk says, Asher Tishmu, that you will listen this is a condition. What is the Pesach says? You're getting the bracha that you will listen. The Pesach should have said, 
if you're going to listen, like later on the Pasuk says, if you don't listen, so that's a question. That is up to the choice of the person. So why does it say, Asher Tishmo, the Baruch Asher Tishmo? Oh, because so still, what does Rashi say? Peter Rashi Amenas, Veloim. Rashi still says, on the condition that you listen, not if you listen. Why does Rashi say that? The Mahai time Agufa, for this reason itself. That the Torah changes. First it says Asher, and then it says Im. Asher l'seifa Im. So we have to say, It's not the meaning of Asher Tishmu. This does not mean if you listen, just like if you don't listen. It doesn't mean if you listen. There is a difference between saying, on the condition that you will listen, that means I'm giving you the blessing anyways, but the condition is that you should listen, or I'm saying to you, you're going to get the blessing if you're going to listen. In this case, the Apostle is saying, Amanas, Asher, which means it's a condition that, not if, you're going to get the blessing, but it's conditional that you should listen. What is the difference between on the condition or if, is very simply, the meaning of the language if means that's a condition which obligates to fulfill the condition that comes before the item that is given through the condition. So you have to do the item, then you get the promise while you were promised. If you're going to fulfill the required matter, then it will be given to him. He will give him the reward. Which means the blessing isn't given unless you fulfill the condition. That's actually in our case. As far as the opposite of the blessing. If you don't listen, then then, and afterwards, following this Tove Aklola, will come the curse. That's when it says, Im, but Amenas Pirushe, but Amenas in the condition, means That's given to you immediately. Elosh and Isina Zu, but this given He Amenas, it's a condition, Bitanai, I'm giving it to you now, but I'm conditioning. She Yasad Dover plane, you should do a certain item. Same thing is in our case as far as the Bracha. Hashem, blessed be He, gives the Jewish people the blessing. But in order for the blessing to be sustained, that it should last and be with them, by them, that's why it comes that you will listen, that you have to listen. And that's the change of Asher and Im. And Im means Amenas. According to this, Nimtzah, it turns out, there is no Jewish person that did not receive the blessing. Even one who has sinned, and he is blemished, and he is transgressed, violated, the path, and he was punished on this. After 
he sinned in the item, which bring, brings about the opposite of blessing. Yet there was, he had the blessing in the beginning. But later on, when he did not fulfill the condition to keep then the blessing comes. So according to this, everybody had blessing. That in this subject matter, which is explained in our parsha, that all of these words of of the they bring to a whole level of teshuvah, with all your heart, all your soul. So then it applies to everybody, to every Jew, because every Jew has the bracha first, and then when you have the klola, then the klola is on a very strong level, brings you to the level of teshuvah, The Rebbe concludes in Eishdalet, in this above-mentioned subject on the Rayim Dover Niflo, we see something very wondrous. Which is specifically connected in the time that precedes Rosh Hashanah, which is Yoima Didina Rabba, which is the day of great judgment. Hakodesh Baruchu Yiftiach. Hashem promised losses lekol echod veechod mivnei Yisrael to give to each one and one of the sons of Israel, to all the Jewish people. the blessing Without looking where his standing is. The only thing he adds, that the brocha is sustained by him on the condition that they will listen. What is the reason for that? It's understood. Each one of the Jewish people is a son of Avram Yitzchak. And the Bnei Yisrael are sons of kings. Even more, not only sons of kings, but they're Malachim, they're actual kings. There's various different sources for this, as Rebbe points. So therefore they're fitting that everything needs to be to get to give to them in a full, complete way. Like we find in the Gavara, when you have to, when you agree, or when you have to give the feeding of a Jewish people, uh, over there you might run into a problem because whatever you're going to feed it may not be sufficient because as part, being part of the Jewish people, even if you give them a meal like Shloim HaMelech, that shouldn't be sufficient. Even if you'll make for them, as the Gemara says there, a meal, a feast, like Shloim during his time, which was a huge feast as in Tanakh, you will still not fulfill your obligation with, the, with them as workers, as Bnei Yisrael. Because they're sons of Avram Yisrael. And since Varema Shemitzavali Yisrael Lasis Hu Aisa, and whatever 
he says the Yidin to do, he does himself. If the Yidin deserve from the worker, from the master, to give them everything, so then the Ebishta has to give us as well, because if he tells the master to give the workers the Yidin, the Ebishta has to give the Yidin too. And for sure, every one and one will later on fulfill the condition that you will listen to the Mitzvah And then he will have a permanent way to blessing. So, what are we talking about? But it's Tshuva, the Pasik says over here. But then the level his repentance will not be for sins. He will return, which means to the highest of level. Tshuva is not for sins, but bringing back the soul to God who gave it. Which is a higher level, the supreme level of Tshuva. And with joy and gladness of heart. Especially as the setup the days of the week that Rosh Hashanah is she be yoifen that Rosh Hashanah shall yom tev Rosh Hashanah shachal li is be Shabbos that Rosh Hashanah turns out on Shabbos mevur be geres hakodesh I will geres hatshuva and Al Tarebe in the geres hatshuva explains she Shabbos or Eishes Toshev that Shabbos is level return b'avidosoi the avoid of Shabbos is bechinas tshuva ilo which is the level of the supreme level of tshuva. Shehi b'simcha rabba, which is with great joy. This is Mesichas, Shabbos, Parshas, and Tzavim Vayelech, Tavshin Lamed Beis.